Welcome back to episode number 124 of the NP Dude. This is Jeff the NP Dude, giving nurse practitioners a voice. Everyone's voice that's out there that can hear me now, I am trying to be your mouthpiece. So I want to hear from you. I want to know what's bugging you because if it's bugging you, it's bugging me. It better be bugging all of us. That's that. We're at 2,300 and some likes on Facebook and on to almost 2,500 uh, followers. That's a good note. I've got a pretty decent uptick. I haven't really posted much. I got one podcast already in the queue to be published, but I didn't get a chance to publish it. So uh, it'll be probably a twofer. Maybe tomorrow. I'm not sure. Maybe today. I don't know. Um, so there's probably going to be two podcasts going out right at the same time. 123 and 124 probably go out together. Um, housekeeping stuff. Nothing big deal. Support the show. Tell your friends. Um, share the show. Use the Amazon link. You guys know how to do it. You go to my website. You click on uh, thenpdude.com. You'll see the Amazon banner. Use it. Click on it. Takes you to Amazon. Do the purchasing you otherwise would have. Charges you nothing extra, but it does kick me a small percentage of your purchase. So please do that. I do have the donate button. I've got a couple more donuts. The donates out there. Those of you that are doing that, thank you chronic intractables that are using the donate button. I do appreciate that. The other way you can support the show is to hire me to do your contract review if you are in Ohio. Now, by that, I mean you either live in Ohio or you work in Ohio, and I can review your contract. It's that simple. Now, if you're in Michigan and you live in Ohio, I can review your contract. If you live in Michigan and you work in Michigan, I can't do it. So, if you want to contact me about an issue that you're having, you can ask me. I'll be happy to do that. I'll probably put it on the air um, or I'll send you to a podcast that I've already done. Otherwise, um, you know, if you're in Ohio, call me. Send me a PM. It's a great way to get me. You can email me, Jeff, at the npdude.com. Let me know what's bugging you. The um, Something cool happened. I thought this was interesting, and I don't know if this person listens or not. And I think they're just kind of riding on some coattails, and that's okay for now. Um, somebody contacts me without knowing anything about my show and says, Hey, why are you telling people to get claims made policy? And that's all I see. And so I look at this person's information and I see they're with ProLiability. How cool is that, right? So ProLiability sends me a PM. This is just an, an agent. This isn't somebody that is like, you know, corporate. And uh, this agent's like, yeah, one of your listeners mentioned to me that they listen to you and really like you and respect your podcast. And you're giving rolling information, telling people to get claims made policies. And I'm like, well, maybe. <laughs> it depends. So basically after an exchange back and forth with this individual, which they gave me all the information I already knew and is already in my podcast. So if you listen to all my podcasts, you will have all of this information, but it's a good point that it's in multiple places. I'm going to try to regroup and go back through and clump all of the um, information that I can remember as I'm driving through this windy, snowy roads in Ohio of uh, medical or uh, yeah, medical malpractice insurance policy basics. And so, you know, there's, there's a bunch of shows on this. So if you want more information, go back and listen, you might find how I said it might be a little bit different. And I've, I've talked about that in the past. Sometimes I'm shooting from the cuff and things don't come out exactly the way I intend them. This is raw and uncut information. I never go edit my podcast. What you hear is what you get. That's honesty. That's the way I like to show. So if I screw something up, I expect you guys to call me to the mat. And this lady tried to, but here's the reason I didn't, I, I kind of explained back to her and I didn't get any feedback back. She liked the show. She gave me a rating. So I appreciate that. She also put up her phone number and information. It was kind of uncouth, but um, if, if you want pro liability and you want to use her, fine, I guess. Or you can just go to one, one you know, the 
the website pro liability and just go right through their main page and get a quote that way and you'll get any agent so i don't necessarily know if this individual is any better than any of the others don't know anything about her so i'm not endorsing her i endorse the company i like pro liability anybody that uh, is going to pro liability and you want to tell them your agent that you heard about it from me and that they need to be a sponsor of my show i'll take it so if you guys are going out there and you're getting pro liability policies because of me I encourage you to tell them that and maybe they'll contact me and um, maybe I can get a sponsorship. I don't know. I'll take it. I'm not really counting on it. <laughs> With a little old me, nobody's going to give me any money, right? So um, primer for, for malpractice insurance. If you go way back when, there's two basic policies that you have. There's a claims made policy and an occurrence based policy. I agree with this individual. Occurrence-based policies are the best. They're the gold standard, but they're more expensive. So for me, here's the issue. I don't really give a crap which one you get as long as your coverage is what you want and what you expect and you understand your risks. Now, there's certain things I, I love about my policy. Now, I misspoke way a long time ago when I said I had a claims-made policy, but the, my answer is still the same. I don't really care which one you have. I have an occurrence-based policy, and I misspoke. I told people I had a claims-made a couple times, and that's because I got my policy and I didn't care. Because at the end of the day, I liked my limits, I liked the protections that it gave me, and I really didn't care. And I never went back. When I went back and renewed, I was like, oh yeah, I do have an occurrence-based policy. Whoops. So I screwed up and I apologized. I apologized to everybody. It's an occurrence-based policy, and I'm glad I have it because I don't need to get a tail policy. Here's what, here's the issue. A claims made policy is the policy that most offices will have. So if your employer says, I'll put you on as an adder to my policy, it's going to be, I've, ne I've yet to see one and I've read dozens of contracts in the last year. I've yet to see one employer say that they have an occurrence-based policy. And the reason being is they're more expensive. They don't care what happens to you after you leave employment if you're covered. What they care about is the year that you're working there making them money. So they're almost always a claims-made. What is a claims-made policy? A claims-made policy is the equivalent of what your auto policy would be. So if I have an auto policy for the year of 2018... I just bought my auto policy. If I get it in a wreck in 2018, I'm covered. So in other words, a claims made policy, if, if I have a claim against me in 2018, I would be covered. In 2019, if my policy lapsed, whether my employer was paying or I was, and I just let it say, eh, screw it, we don't need to pay it anymore, that no longer covers me. And if a claim arises next year, I have no protection. That's the problem with a claims made policy. If you leave the employer with a claims made policy, so in 2018, I've got my claims made policy at De December 31st, I say, I am going to resign. I no longer work for you. And in 2019, I'm going to work somewhere else. Your claims made poli policy ends December 31st of 2018. The problem is, is that if a claim arises within the statute of limitations, now I'm not going to go through statute of limitations and make this show too long. Go back and re-listen to statute of limitations and why you should care. Talk about it in malpractice stuff. You'll find it. Google or uh, put in my search bar uh, statute of limitations and you'll find it. It's not statue. It's statute with a T. Statute. Not statue. Like statue of liberty. Wrong. Wrong spelling. Nothing will come up if statue of limitations. So, so if you're still within the statute of limitations, in Ohio it's two years with some weird other rules. 
So most every malpractice claim in Ohio is two years. You, you have a period of two years where somebody could come back and sue you personally and your employer, possibly, for your actions of negligence while you worked there in 2018. So in 2019 and 2020, you're still on the hook, potentially, for everything you do. And so the employer will often mandate that you buy a tail policy. Think it comes after the main body of your work there, and then you leave, and it's just a little tiny tail, just a tail coverage. It covers you at the end. They usually cost about two to three times the cost of your claims-made policy. So it's really not a huge amount of money. A claims-made policy is about half the price of an occurrence-based policy. So you're talking about two-year policy. You're talking about the cost of an occurrence-based policy at the end to cover you. Now, some contracts mandate that you cover the tail policy. Some don't. Some the employer does it. Some doesn't say anything about it. The problem is, is that if you have a claims-made policy and you quit working, then you need to you need to have a tail policy that covers you, that ties you to that to that period of time that you worked previously. Okay? Now, an occurrence-based policy is covered for when the occurrence happens, no matter when the claim is brought. It's not claims-based. It's occurrence-based. So if I hurt somebody in 2018 and then I'm retired, I feel horrible about it. I hurt somebody. I give them, you know, the wrong medicine and hurt them. And I'm never going to do that again and I give up. I hope never, none of you ever do. But say it happens. So in 2019, I'm done with being an NP. I leave, I go become an attorney or I go do an engineering or I go dig ditches or whatever I want to do. Grow, grow beets, whatever. It doesn't matter. If I have an occurrence-based policy, when I'm out being a beet farmer, 10 years from now, if the statute of limitation is still in effect and somebody sues me, as long as my company that I have my insurance policy with is still in existence, that contract is valid and they will come to my defense under the terms and conditions of the agreement that you signed and paid for 10 years before. It's kind of nice, right? So that's the gold standard with occurrence-based policies. Here's why I tell people I don't really give a crap. For me personally, I wouldn't care. I just landed an occurrence-based policy somebody paid for and I didn't, I didn't flinch, gave me all the coverage I wanted, I didn't care. Somebody else was paying for it. But if I was paying for it out of my own pocket and I didn't negotiate it into my deal, I would be looking at the cheapest way possible. So I wouldn't hesitate to get a claims made if it had all the provisions that I wanted. We'll go through a couple of those, and I've talked about those several times before, but we'll go through them again. The reason being is I am never going to be without a, a policy, period. So whether I have a claims made or an occurrence-based policy, every year I'm buying one, I've already conf- just it's already built into my, my profession. I've already made the assumption that I'm going to spend X amount of dollars every year, regardless of my salary to cover my butt, whether my employer pays it or not, period. And I encourage you to do the same. So if I have a claims made policy and I have that claims made policy that I keep renewing every year for the rest of my life, I never need tail. And the big argument against claims-made policies is that you need tail coverage when you when you stop paying for the policy, which is possible, which is maybe true. So if I quit working in 2018 and I have a claims-made policy, I could just buy three more years of claims-made policies and it's essentially the equivalent of getting tail. Make sense? So it might be cheaper in the long run if you're going to work for 30 years and you pay half the price for your insurance, claims-made policy may come out to be a better deal expense-wise 
in the future. Now, the problem is I see people have this question. Well, I had claims made with tail. Now I want to go to occurrence. Then I get occurrence. Then I want to get a quote for claims made. And you flip back and forth. You could potentially have a gap in coverage. And if you don't have a gap in working, that puts you at, at risk. So you have to be really careful to make sure that you're overprotected and not underprotected in that circumstance. That's a weirdo. That's a weirdo situation. I would talk to a lawyer, talk to your insurance agents and figure that one out. Make sure you're covered before you say, oh, I don't need to get another policy because I'm covered and it turns out you're not. Last thing you want to be doing is, is prescribing medications, doing procedures and seeing people as a profession, getting paid as a profession or not and not have a, a protection to, 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 to keep your house in your name. <laughs> so that, that's the reason why I really don't care because in my personal situation, I'm going to keep a policy every year of my life, probably until I'm dead or pretty damn close to, you know, if I'm, I'm probably never going to retire. So I'll probably keep this until, you know, uh, if, if somebody wants to sue a feeble old man that hasn't practiced in five years, good luck. And that, that'll be me. I'm feeble. <laughs> so, so that's why I'm like, well, it may be. It really depends on what your situation is. Now, some of the provisions that I keep saying is if it has the provisions that you want in it, there's a couple that I like. I like the provision that I have $25,000 in my, my current policy that allows me to hire an attorney for depositions. I also have the same amount of money set aside if I need it for, uh, it's not set aside, but if I need it, they'll, they'll reimburse me for my attorney, for me to hire my own attorney to go do board actions. And your employer's policy, I guarantee, does not have that as a claims made. So this individual from Pro Liability, I applaud you for, for liking and, and uh, giving a rating on the show. I appreciate that. Um, your number's there. I'm going to let you keep it there. I'm not going to take it down. I'm open source. However, if Pro Liability approaches me at some point in the future and says, Jeff, we would love to sponsor your show, I'm going to ask for you to take that. We'll take that comment down because I want to sponsor all of Pro Liability and I'm not endorsing any one specific agent. Now, if this individual agent wants to give me some coin to... to go ahead and, uh, and promote this individual. I need to know more about this person before I do that. Cause I don't know if you're shady or not, dude. I don't know if you're shady. I don't want to endorse you period. I don't know anything about this individual. So I'm not endorsing this person. Their number's there. You get to make your own decision. I think that their hands are pretty much tied. I think, you know, at pro liability, either you, you either help get the policy or not, or explain the terms of the policy. That's fine. Um, but that, that's my liability mal malpractice, um, medical malpractice policies in a nutshell and why I don't really care which one you go with. But again, I, I in a perfect world, if somebody's going to pay for it, I'm going to, I'm going to get the Cadillac. I'm not going to get a Chevy Cavalier. I'm going with, with the occurrence based policy. And I'm glad I did because somebody else paid for it. And I, if, when I went back and looked, I was like, Oh man, I'm actually shocked. I've been telling people I have a claims made policy. So I'm sorry. I screw up too. We all do. And I apologize. When I went back and looked at it, I was like, oh no. The declaration page doesn't tell you what type of policy it is, by the way. It just tells you your limits of liability. To other people, because that's what other people care about. They don't care what your coverage is to you. So that's why a declaration page that has the 1 million, 3 million on the front of it, and who it is, and who underwrote it, and all that stuff that's why it's it's um it's there it's just proof that you have insurance to cover other people for that for your actions another one that came up it was on my on um my webs my facebook page not my website comment that said um should i get an llc to protect me personally as an as an np and i'm like well maybe 
but chances are no. I don't have an LLC to protect me from liability as an NP because in reality, you already, you're fully liable for all of your actions as an, as an NP with respect to malpractice. So if you commit malpractice, medical malpractice, I should be careful because people do multiple professions, right? right? I might do legal malpractice, different standard, but I could do it. If, if you commit medical malpractice, you can't waive that. You can't hide behind a corporate veil. You can't, you can't hide behind the limited liability company and say, oh, no, you have to sue the company. The company has no real assets. You can't do that. You're, you're, I guarantee in every state in the unit, union there is either case law or statutes that will preclude you from doing that. Attorneys can't hide behind their uh, corporation. Um, engineers can't hide behind, I can't waive my liability. When I was licensed as a professional engineer, I let it lapse, but when I was licensed as a professional engineer, PE, I could not waive that liability and just say, oh, no, my employer gets all that liability. I screwed up and the bridge fell down and somebody died, but, you know, the company I was working for should pay for that. Negative, you as an individual should have malpractice insurance and you as an individual should uh, should be liable for that. That was your fault. That was your name that went on those drawings. It's the same way with 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 medicine or, or practicing healthcare. You're personally liable. Now, when I say it depends or maybe is if you're acting as a 1099, then being incorporated or formed as an LLC, organized as a as a formal structure, could be beneficial for the non-medical related issues that you're doing as a business. That could limit your liability there. So let's say you're driving in your car from house call to house call. So if you're doing that, and hell yeah, you better have an LLC and you better have a corporate general liability policy with an automobile rider or your own automobile policy for the corporation or LLC or whatever the organization is that you have established. So you need your own insurance for that. If you really want to be covered because your private insurance for your car, if you're driving home home to home for work and you get in an auto accident and your insurance company finds out that you are quote unquote on the clock, they will not potentially cover your your insurance. And if you ran over a family of four because you were texting and driving or doing a podcast and driving, then um, then you, you could potentially be personally liable for that. That would really suck for the cost of a couple hundred dollar insurance policy. General liability policies, of, you typically it's like a $1 million general liability policy. It's pretty standard. They're only a couple hundred bucks a year. I mean, it's not a big price. So if you wanted to be, if you wanted to really do it the right way and you were doing a 1099 or a, a business type atmosphere, then yes, I would be incorporated or have an LLC or a limited liability partnership if you have multiple people. And um, we can talk about tax stuff on that too because that kind of rolls into that. We'll talk about that in a second. If you are going to work as an individual in an, in an office where they have a general liability policy, they're an ongoing concern, they're, you're, you're covered for this, you know, you slam a finger in the door the general liability policy that's not going to attach to your medical malpractice and it's not you know it's you know if you let a patient fall off a, a exam table or something and they get hurt maybe it's questionable which policy it's going to get covered but somebody's going to pay for it whether it's their general liability policy of your employer or your malpractice policy someone's going to help you with that one 
So I hope that puts that to bed. Um, taxes. Somebody schooled me. This is new, and I haven't talked about this. This is a new one that came out uh, since I graduated law school in 2003. There used to be limited liability company versus corporations from a taxing standpoint. An LLC or a partnership automatically went through, passed through taxation. You filed a Schedule K-1, which is the, the form for it. And it's an, it's an attachment that gets put into your personal income taxes. Okay? It still defaults to that. So it's still that rule is there. However, you can now opt to be taxed as a corporation. This is news to me. And I was, I was one of the, the MP in business one had a great threat. And some people, I was like, that doesn't make sense to me. And I'm like, this doesn't feel right. And I'll explain why in a second. From a, from the law perspective of being in business and not 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 being in tax law for a while, um, and, and I filed my own K-1s and whatnot, but the federal government now allows you as an LLC to file as an S-Corp. If you are a corporation filed in your state, you filed articles of incorporation. Those are the official documents you file with your secretary of state in your state. They're like a two-page document. You're going to pay about 500 bucks to get it done. It takes about 10 minutes to fill out. It's stupid easy. And lawyers make a ton of money doing that. There's a little secret for you guys. Sorry, lawyers listening, if you're listening. I just blew it for you guys. So there's a little trade secret I just divulged. Articles of organization are usually pretty pretty easy to file. What, what gets complicated is if you have multiple people that are in the corporation or the LLC, it's the, it's the agreements between them, operating agreements, that get really confusing and take a lot of the time to figure out. Because it's how you like divvy up shares, how things get sold if one person dies or wants to leave, um, whether there's a right of first refusal to somebody else to, to enter into the company. All that stuff has, it's kind of like a will. You kind of have to figure out what's going to happen to your baby when it dies. So it's kind of the same thing. Not your physical baby that's crying, that you know, once fed. I'm talking your company as a baby. I'm not sadistic. <laughs> I just think I'm going to you know, try to kill a baby or something. So the, the idea is that when you form these companies, you do your articles of organization, which is for a LLC or your, your, um, your um, articles of incorporation for a corporation. That is your actual structure with the state. That's what your company is, whether it's a corp, inc, or an LLC, or an LLP. You can do, there's a bunch of other ones too, depending on which state you're in. However, the federal government now allows you, from a federal tax standpoint, the IRS code allows you to opt to be taxed as kind of whatever you want. And so I, I don't understand this. What's the, in, I mean, I understand the incentive of like, you know, filing as a corporation so that you, um, you know, maybe it's, it's complex and convoluted and you've got multiple corporations and it's just it's a it's a way to hide your money and you can you you, way beyond the scope of what i know about tax and accounting and there's reasons for that big corporations they have multiple shares and they want to go on you know as an ipo and sell and become the next facebook or amazon or something right so there's a reason to incorporate so that you can sell shares but as an individual you can file as whatever you want so what's the incentive of being anything else? LLCs to me are the easiest things to operate. They just are. 
Now, one of the cool things that they've come out with is a corporation, if you or is an LLC or a corporation or a partnership, if you opt to file as an S corp. An S corp is basically passed through taxation for a corporation, is what it used to be. So now the benefit to that is the federal government has allowed you to have a maximum amount of money that you you can you can um, be taxed on personally. And it decreases your potential uh, for um, having to pay additional Social Security tax, Medicare, Medicaid tax, all that stuff. So it decreases your maximum amount of dollars of revenue or money that you bring in to like, I don't even remember what it was. It was like 115 grand or 116 grand or something. Above that, you don't have to pay Social Security tax on it. That could be, that could be huge. That's like, what, 16% or something weird, 16.3 or some weird number. So that, that could save you a ton of dough. So there's very good reasons for this LLC filing as an S-Corp if you make a ton of money. If you don't make above the threshold, it doesn't matter. You file whatever you want. You're going to either pay Social Security tax as a, as a S-Corp, or you're going to pay Social Security with pass-through taxation as an S-Corp, or you're going to get a K-1, which is pass-through taxation, and you're going to pay it as an LLC, which just attaches to you as an individual. So potato, potato, if you're making over a certain amount of money personally and you don't have all the tax write-offs to get your taxable income down, then it very well may be beneficial for you to be in, to be taxed as an S-Corp, even though you're an LLC. It's so bizarre for me to even say that. It just is. You know, I took corporations, I took, you know, all these, these different classes in law school about you know, individual taxation and, and um, several corp, uh, corporations and corporate classes, international business I took. I, so I got all these, these business related classes and this is like, it's like, it's like being told that the, the, the sun isn't the center of our solar system. <laughs> it's like flips everything upside down for me. So it's hard, so hard for me to believe, but it's there. I went and read the rules. It's crazy, crazy. So somebody corrected me on that and I appreciate it. So I was wrong twice in one show. See, I'll tell you, I'll admit it. I promise I'm open book. I screw up too. So please, I want to hear from you guys. If you hear something I say wrong or you want to call me to the mat and say I'm full of crap, I want you to email me, jeff at the mpdude.com. You can always go right to my main Facebook page and say, Jeff, you are full of crap and here's why. And I will correct if I believe it's uh, it's wrong because I want good information. My pride is way down there relative to the fact that you guys need good information and I don't want to steer you in a wrong direction. So I appreciate it. These are complex topics that I'm talking about that, that require lots of lots of feedback and specific instances don't always fit in to any one generalization, which sometimes I have to do for the sake of brevity and, and uh, because it's, you know, I'm driving on curvy back roads in Ohio in the snow. It's not, not icy now, though. It's warm today. It was like 50. It was like 48. It was supposed to get snow again this week. I don't so anyways, guys, I appreciate all the information you guys send me, the feedback you're giving me, the Facebook uh, uh, likes and shares and tags. And, um, you know, I'm getting a decent number. I think we have 51 ratings on uh, Facebook. And I want to say we got like uh, 30-some on... Um, somebody just mentioned me in a comment. Huh. It just popped up. I don't know. I'm doing a podcast, dude. Leave me alone. I'll get to you later. Um, I don't know how many we have on iTunes. I'm going to say it's like 42 or something. I want to see more iTunes, guys. You, I know there's tons of people that are on iTunes. I can see how many people listen to the podcast based upon um, the device that you're listening, you're using. Isn't that crazy that this that the, the, that it, Google Analytics tracks you guys down to the type of device, the screen size, 
the um, um, the resolution that you're looking on your computer or on your tablet. It tells me all that stuff. I can I, I can get all that, but it doesn't tell me um, on uh, iTunes how many people are downloading through iTunes. That's the only bad thing. So that's why you use Facebook as a measuring stick. Anyways, guys, I want you to be smart. We're going into a weekend. It's it's a Friday night. I'm cruising home. I'm gonna go have myself a nice cold beverage. Maybe try to get some meal with the family. They're probably eating already. But um, just gonna watch a show. We're gonna watch a cartoon or something with the kids. It sounds fun. Just relax if you have time off. If you're working this weekend, be smart, be safe, and we'll talk soon.